Um, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read this. It'll be up on the screen if you want to look at there. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, and uh, they, they're they written by different writers. They all weren't written by David. But the Psalms are just a, a collection of of. Uh, people that who experienced things in life that was so intense that they wrote them down. You know, a man speaks out of the abundance of his heart and when you're hurting, when you're hurting bad, you're going to express that. When you're happy beyond words, you're going to express that. And in the book of Psalms, the writers, they, they did that. Uh, when they were uh, extremely afraid, when they were extremely joyous, when they were full of worship, when they were full of sorrow, when they were afflicted, all those things are recorded by uh, men that ex were experiencing those things. But the Psalms don't stop. Those, those testimonies don't stop with the people just expressing how they were feeling. In every psalm, those, those feelings are expressed with a consciousness of God. God is brought into their feelings. God is brought into their thoughts. God is brought into their fears. God is brought into their joys. And in everything that they express, God is put forth there. So now we're going to look at the way of a blessed man today. The way of a blessed man. And the beginning of that blessed man is that that man becomes a new creature. He is he's made alive. And uh, we find in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, we read this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now God gives that man a new heart. And here's what I want to say to start with. What we're going to see in Psalms as we go through this is this, that the way of a blessed man is a response. It is his response to what comes into his life when God gives him a new heart. And I don't think that I've ever said this. I don't think I ever thought about it. I think it's the first time I've ever said it. But the very first thing that happened to me the night I got saved was my consciousness 
I came alive and I was conscious of God. I was conscious of the reality of God. I was taught all of my life as a kid about God and Jesus Christ. I was taught about Him, heard about Him, knew about Him. But it was the moment that Christ came into my heart that I would come alive, God made me alive, that I became conscious that God is real. That Jesus Christ was real. And not only that, but I was good with God. That God loved me. Those things I become aware of immediately. And so what I want to say is that when a man gets a new heart from God, that new heart causes him to set out on a specific direction. And so, the first thing we find here is that that new heart leads him to flee from the path of the ungodly. First thing. He wants to depart from that. And uh, we're going to find here in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, we're going to pull that up. Here's what Paul said. He said, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. In uh, Peter, and you don't have to go there, but First Peter 4 and 4, Peter says that uh, a man that had a new heart and, and had come alive, that his old friends was saying, you know, what strange thing has happened to you? You don't run with us anymore. So now I want you to watch this. The first thing in fleeing from the ungodly, he does not listen to their counsel. Now you've got two kinds of counsel in this world right now. First of all, you've got the, the ungodly we can see, the unsaved, the, the, the people that don't believe in God, and the world's full of them. I can give you two. Oprah and, and Dr. Phil. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying. There's plenty of those people out there that are, and everybody's willing to listen to them. They think every word that drops out of their mouth is the truth. And then you've got the false teachers. The ones that claim to be leaders of God's flock. And mostly I see them on television. I don't watch them, but they're there. And you've got two kinds of ungodly counsel going on in the world. And they're giving you all kinds of talk and saying all kinds of things about how you should live your life and how this and that. And their, their counsel is dark. You've got most, the highest religious leaders in the world that says that we need to listen to the Buddhist. We need to listen to the Hindus because they can give us light on our Christian walk. Now if you believe that, say Amen. Thank God. I'm telling you the truth of God the Word of God has the power to cut through all of that and give us the counsel that we need. Secondly, He avoids the places where they gather. And uh, I'm going to use the most common one. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The casinos. Uh, a lot of people like to dress up. They like the excitement. and They like to go and this and that. But a child of God has no business hanging out in a place in the path where the ungodly hang out. You just have no business being there. Because thirdly, what we find out is once you start hanging out in those places, you start hanging out with those people 
And the next thing you know, you've got fellowship with those people. And there's the, there's the downward spiral. First, you start listening to them and you think they're pretty smart, pretty wise, uh, pretty clever. You like to listen to them. Next thing you know, you start kind of hanging out where they're hanging out. And then the next thing you know, you're having fellowship with them and you've hit the bottom. That's the way it goes. So it doesn't have fellowship with them. Now then, in fleeing from the world, he turns to following after God. And that's where he come up next. The blessed man is alive. He's been born again. And his new heart leads him to pursue the path of the righteous. Now look at this. In pursuing the path of the righteous, in pursuing after God, the first thing we find him doing is delighting himself in the Lord. He prays daily. He meditates on his word day and night. And he feeds on his faithfulness. Now here's what I want to tell you all. When Christ comes into your life, now we talk all day long about you need to read your Bible, you need to pray. But that's not what's motivating, that's not what's driving this blessed man. What's driving this blessed man to stay in God's Word day and night? What's driving this man to pray daily? What's, what's driving this man is that he delights in his God. He's conscious of his God. The new heart has made him alive. He realizes that God loves him. He realizes that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came into this world to die on the cross for him. He realizes that God loved him so much that God gifted him with salvation. I said He gifted him. God didn't come and say, you've got to work for this. God didn't say, you've got to pay for this. He said, I'm giving you my Son, my beloved Son, the one in whom I am well pleased. And He's going to die on the cross for your sins. He's going to shed His blood to pay for all of your sins. And so when a man is born again, he understands and, and he may be a child. These little children have got their baptismal certificates. They may not know a lot, but they know that Jesus loves them. And they know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And I'll tell you what, A 30 or 40 year old man to get saved is just like a little child. He don't know much, but he knows that. And then comes along the preachers and the theologians. And the main thing they feel like that a new Christian needs to know is what their denomination teaches. <clears throat> and guess what? We got four or five hundred different denominations. And so what happens is a child of God is drawn away from the simpleness of Christ is all in all to him, that in him is our salvation, and they're drawn away into, well, we believe this and we don't believe that. And the next thing you know, they get caught up in all that kind of business and they lose sight of the one who died on the cross for them. And they die right there. They die right there on the spot. Because what we believe becomes more important than keeping their eyes on God. But now this blessed man, he's not interested in what the world has to say. 
He's not listening to the false teachers because he can recognize what they're saying is not right. The thing he wants to hear from, he's not out in the bookstores trying to buy a bunch of books that'll teach him this and teach him that. He wants to go right and hear what God has said. And this is what is where his heart lies in seeking after and pursuing God and who God is and all about his God who saved him and brought him back from the dead. He thinks about it. He's working. He's working at a machine. He's in his office. He's walking down a hallway. And he's thinking about his God. He's thinking about his Jesus. He's thinking about how that his salvation is so free and so full. He's thinking about his good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Bad news hits him. The old man used to say, oh man, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. Or the old man would say, man, I'm, that makes me so mad. I'm so aggravated. I could spit cotton. But the new man says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He knows his God is faithful to take care of him. In every situation. In every circumstance. He knows. And he learns as he goes along to confess that. Instead of confessing his frustration. Instead of confessing that he don't know what to do. He throws his hands up there. He doesn't. He seeks to walk in the way that follows after his father who was so faithful to save him when he was knee deep in sin, when he didn't care a thing about God, when he, all he was interested in was doing his own thing, fulfilling the desires of his flesh, walking after his own lust, doing what he wanted to do, give no thought to God, and that was where Christ died for him. Right there. And so now he's alive and understands that he can't get it off his mind. And he feeds on God's Word daily to remind him, to help him to grow, and to pull him out of the influence of the world and keep his eyes on Jesus. That's what the Word does. It feeds you. It's your spiritual food for your soul, for your new man, for your new heart. Number two, he actively meets with the church of God. That's important. I'm not saying you've got to be in church every time the door is open. But I'm saying that you, as a child of God, He wants to plan on being there when the people of God are going to be there. Not only that, but He also wants to seek the fellowship of the people. He wants to get to know them. He wants to get to grow in His love towards them. He wants to grow in faith. And He, he wants to be blessed and He wants to bless. And he grow, you grow in that way. You, you let your church bless you and you seek to bless them. Now, delighting himself in the Lord, God's got plans for him. God's got plans for him. The blessed man is planted in a good place by the Lord. 
The Lord gave me that, and I like that. I like that. The Lord does the planting. If you are seeking after God, if you are delighting yourself in your God, you may find yourself in a place that you really wished you wouldn't. You might find yourself in in situations that you think, man, this is not what I planned. I had other plans. I thought that when I was here, this age, this is where I'd be and this is what would be going on. It's nothing like that. And it's not like something you'd like. Well, let me tell you something. When your heart is given over to following after God, He will plant you in a good place where you will grow and mature. And that's what's important. It's not important where I want to be. What's important is that I follow after my God so that He can plant me someplace where I can grow and mature. And also, I love this, in season, He'll bear fruit. He'll bear fruit. I planned a fruit tree one time. Todd, I like fruit. I like peaches. And uh, I planted a peach tree. And uh, I couldn't wait till, you know, it got, you know. Well, <clears throat> I told the guy I wanted a peach tree. I didn't know it was a flattering peach. <laughs> Guess what? I didn't get very many peaches off of that. I've, uh, I've been on a serious note. I used to try to grow tomatoes. I couldn't grow a tomato. R.D. used to tell me how to do it. He'd give me some buckets and Told me how to do it, and I still couldn't get them tomatoes to grow. Nobody likes, if they're planning on getting fruit off of something, they don't want to see it shrivel up and not bear nothing. And God has planted us in this life to bear fruit. He saved us because He loves us. He saved us because He cared for us, loved us, and Jesus laid down His life. But out of that life, out of that out of that person that comes to life the Lord wants to see fruit coming forth now if you think I'm talking about someone getting saved as a result of your life I'm not necessarily talking about that because Paul says and uh, Joe can you pull up Galatians 5 and 22 now look at this right here He touched me. That's good. I like that one, Joe. I'm, I'm putting Joe to the test right now. Galatians 5 and 22 says this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Meekness and self-control. So the first fruit that the Lord wants to see out of His child is not what He does, but what is coming up out of that old contrary, hard-headed, wanting to do your own thing, insisting on going your own way, and now 
is coming up something that is the nature of God. The very nature of God is starting to bloom out in your life. See, when, when Christ died on the cross, I've got one rose bush at the house. I didn't plant it. But it, it produces the prettiest rose, and, and when everything's well, it's a real beautiful big pink with yellow, yellow in it. Big, beautiful. When Christ was on the cross, and all of that ugly scene, he, he had been beaten beyond people even recognizing him as a man. Bloody, dirty. That was the, the most beautiful bloom that God ever produced because that was love for us. That was God's love for us. And so God wants to, and that was, that was, that, that one moment there on the cross, the sun, that was love and joy and peace and long suffering. It was everything God had in His heart for us expressed in His Son dying on the cross. And now when that nature is implanted in us, guess what God wants to see? The same thing. He wants to see the same thing bloom forth. Now, here's one for me. Number three. It says uh, his, uh, his leaves will stay green. And I interpret that to mean he'll bear fruit in his old age. <laughs> I like that. Okay, you guys are young. You're happy. I'm old. This message here, I, this, is, this is my riding out of Dodge message today. But I like that. Because as long as God keeps me going, I want to bear fruit. They used to say, well, I heard you retired out the church. I said, I didn't retire. I said, I resigned. I'm not retired. I'm not retiring from here. I'm not retiring. I'm getting fired here. <laughs> okay. Number four, I love this. It says his work will prosper in whatever he does. A child of God does not need ever fear stepping out and doing anything for God because if your heart is in it because you love Jesus, it's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. And I'm not preaching the Joel Osteen message. I'm talking about spiritual prosperity. God's prosperity is not dollars and cents. It's not fancy cars and airplanes. It's not about money. It's about the spiritual new man that He gave birth to growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus and becoming fruitful and amounting to something for God in His kingdom. That's what prosperity is in God's kingdom. Now then, the blessed man, God, never takes his eyes off of that man. Let me see John 10. <clears throat> now you know a lot of churches, preachers won't preach on this passage because they feel like that you're going to say something they don't believe in. So I'm not going to comment on this passage. I'm just going to read it to you. My sheep hear my voice. 
and I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The blessed way of the man is this, that he delights in his God and his God never takes his eyes off of him. First of all, he's known to God. Jesus knows me. He knows you. And I don't mean he just knows your name. I mean he knows who you are. He knows how many hair you got on your head. He knows all about you. He knows your inner workings. And that's exactly why David said, Lord, search me and try me. Know my thoughts. Search my heart and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. A man who delights in God realizes God is holy. And he realizes he is unholy. But he has a delight in his God and he is not going backwards, but he's going forward. He's pressing on. And he's wanting God to search and watch over his ways so that his ways will be pleasing unto his God and not just whatever happens. He wants to totally give himself over to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, he's kept by God. Peter said that. He said there's an inheritance reserved in heaven for us and we are kept by the power of God under the day of salvation. We are kept people. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, he said, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And number three, he's loved by God. Now, Billy Graham and different ones used to say this, and I like it. They asked some famous theologian, said, what's the greatest truth that you ever learned in the Bible? And it's been quoted a lot of times. The, the great theologian said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I like that. But I'm going to tell you the greatest truth I've ever learned is this. Jesus Christ is my salvation and He is a gift from God. He is a gift. Now then, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, hear the word of the Lord. We're going to go to Matthew 13. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then, now see this, this parallels with the last part of Psalm 1. Right here. Parallels. This parallels with what said, where shall the wicked and ungodly, they won't stand in the day of judgment. They're going to be separated like chaff. And the righteous, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. 
Jesus is going to send His angels out and He's going to separate all of those who offend. You know, it's kind of a general feeling in the church world these days that a lot of things don't really matter and this, you know, I enjoy this, I enjoy that. You know, God understands. Do you understand that when you practice ungodliness that it offends God? And right there I'm reading that His angels are going to gather out of His kingdom all things that offend. And sin is lawlessness, by the way. He's going to gather all that out. And they're going to be cast into a furnace of fire. I'm not saying that. That's what the Lord said. They'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Do you, do you imagine, can you realize how you'll feel, how you would feel if you find yourself the day of judgment and you walk up, you say, oh, I knew Jesus. I knew Jesus in my life. I'm alright. I knew Jesus. I'm alright. And all you did was lead an ungodly life. All you did was just do your own thing. And so, and of course like Jesus said in Matthew 7, there's going to be preachers and teachers there. They'll walk up to Him and oh man, Lord, we talked about You and we preached in Your name. We've done a lot of good things. And He said, depart from Me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. Can you think for an endless eternity that you are cast away from the presence of God forever? In in a literal furnace of fire, I'm telling you, you're going to be with the devil and his angels forever. No, there's no, there's no turning around. No, well, wait a minute here. No. Depart from me. That's it. That's, that's the final word. They're not going to be arguing with you. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I've given you God's Word. You can either hear it, you can either walk out of here and decide that you want to be a hearer and a doer of God's Word, or you can walk out as a hearer and when you get out to your car, it drops off your ears and that's it. But know this, one day, we'll all stand before the King and we'll give an answer of how we handled His Word. It's not me. It's not, oh, you need to listen to Brother... No. You need to listen to Brother Ben. No. As we preach God's Word, we're the vehicles that God has chosen to speak to His people. And it's a serious thing when the preacher is preaching the Bible to turn a deaf ear to Him. Serious thing. Not because of who He is. He's preaching God's Word. Know this. This may be the last day you ever get to hear God's Word. Now it's up to you where you stand with the Lord today. It's up to you. Do you want to be that man that follows after God, that turns his back on the world, 
that turns towards God and pursues Him and delights in Him and delights in His Word day and night. He meditates on Him day and night. He seeks to grow. He seeks to mature. He wants to bear fruit. He wants to please God. And He prospers so that when He stands before the king, the king will say, well, done thou good and servant. I gave you five and now you got ten. Well done. Or, depart from me. I don't know you. Serious thing. This life is just for a moment. It'll be over. Eternity is forever. Where do you stand?